episode seven of Keybinds, the official podcast from Trample Gaming. I am Bishop. I'm joined by Pinch and Triceratops. As always, we're going to be diving into a number of stories this week, mainly around Xbox. Really, to be totally honest with you, there's been a lot of things that have come out about uh, obviously the Xbox Series X. Obviously, the PS5 is out, but we're going to be covering everything that uh, the new Microsoft. Uh, Xbox CFO Tim Stewart has kind of covered uh, when he spoke earlier this week. So we're going to be covering all the exclusive games, everything that's coming to Xbox, just like we did with PlayStation 5. I'm kind of excited because there's some pretty interesting games on this list. We're also going to talk a little bit about the latest Call of Duty game, of course, which is Black Ops Cold War. And then Pinch has a really funny YouTube story. I, I, I again something I'm really excited to talk about. So let's just go ahead. We'll dive right in. Obviously, the Xbox Series X is out. PlayStation Five is out. And I'll tell you what: if you missed the boat on the pre-orders, you may have to wait a little while. Now I'm just going to quote this from Tim Stewart. This is the Microsoft Xbox CFO. He said, and this is on Seeking Alpha. Uh, if you want to check out the full transcript. Uh, of what they talked about earlier this week. But uh, he said, quote, from a supply perspective, you're absolutely right. Uh, for quarter two, we gave guidance at our last earnings call of a zone that we'll be in. So roughly they're looking for, you know, something in the quarter two region of 2021. So I and then said, went on to say, I think we'll continue to see supply shortages as we head into the post-holiday quarter. So Microsoft's quarter three, then calendar quarter one. And then when we get to quarter four, all of the supply chain continuing to go full speed heading into uh, kind of the pre-summer months. So basically what they're getting at here, and this is something that I think we can kind of expect from Sony as well, is that they're going to try to ramp up production as much as possible. But I think with the lack of a Black Friday in-person kind of thing going on this year, and I think that... Uh, just there are some other factors as to why maybe the supply is just a little bit different uh, for both these next generation consoles. So I'm going to kick it off to everybody here. Uh, first of all, we've talked about the PlayStation 5. We've talked about the Xbox. Uh, what are y'all? Obviously, I have not purchased one yet, either of them. Uh, but what is kind of coming out as an early winner? You think that you want to certainly, you know, buy the PS5 or the Xbox or, you know, what are y'all thinking right now? Uh, well, me personally, I'm going PS5. Like, if I'm buying a, if I'm buying another console, I'm going to be buying PlayStation Five. I bought the PS4; it was amazing. Uh, I just don't feel like Xbox really has the the games that we're looking for. You know, the exclusives aren't there, in my opinion. Um, I am not a huge Halo fan, so kind of also puts that into into perspective. And I love Souls games, so Demon Souls is there. We talked about it last week, and I don't know. It's it's a it's a really big console though, so I'm kind of weary about that. But I think I think my vote is still PS. Yeah, I agree. Based on our experience with the PS4, I I love PlayStation over Xbox. Um, unfortunately, ours is uh, basically a glorified Netflix machine, but that doesn't mean. You know, we don't play other games on it. So, and just from what I've heard already, it sounds like PlayStation 5 is going to be a little bit more. Uh, what's the word? 
Oh my god, in demand. It's going to be a little more in demand than the Xbox. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen high release demand for both of these consoles at this point, uh, and there's a lot of factors in play. I mean, we've talked a lot about the exclusive games for PS5. You know, we did talk about Demon's Souls. I, I do want to cover one thing that was also kind of dropped by Tim Stewart uh, on this call, um, where they they committed that Bethesda games will likely fall into the category of, quote, first or better, not only on Xbox. So what does that mean? I think this is something we've talked about for a long time with Microsoft purchasing Bethesda would we see some exclusive games coming out of Bethesda just for Xbox or just for Xbox Games Pass? Or, you know, what would we see from that? And it looks like it's going to be probably some timed exclusives. So first, right? And then it will roll out to uh, probably Steam and PlayStation. Uh, But the fact that, again, they've reiterated that they are not going to push kind of that exclusive with Bethesda on the Xbox, I think is a really smart move. It just seems like a, it just seems like a good move from, from my perspective. Now let, let's throw it out there. Just a hypothetical. If, if Bethesda was going to be exclusively on Xbox, would that change people's math when it comes to, do I buy the Xbox or do I buy the PlayStation? Maybe, right. That might move the needle for some people. Um, I don't think they'd be able to do that, to be honest, uh, primarily because Bethesda has always also been on PC. So to to move that from uh, all platforms and Alexa and Apple Watch, <laughs> I'm looking to choose Skyrim, <laughs> to just the Xbox, it would probably it would probably hurt Bethesda a lot. So I don't think that they would do that. Like the time releasing is a smart idea, but honestly you have to have exclusives i mean we're we're in that that world where people want to play the best games right like the the coolest new releases and if playstation is doing that they're going to dominate the market again for this generation of console yeah i totally agree i think that if there are maybe one or two sort of big exclusives that come out of bethesda for that xbox platform and for games pass so you could get it on PC as well, right? So there is kind of that cross-utilization of, of games, if you will. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. And we haven't really talked about Game Pass a lot, but it's it's one of those you know services where is this going to change the landscape of how we consume video games? I, I think it could. I think Google Stadia was trying to tap into that, but there is something sort of interesting about what's going on with the, the Xbox Game Pass and not only being able to play games on your Xbox, but also on your PC, getting that new Halo on your PC. I mean, it, it could be worth it for, you know, to spend a, you know, whatever it would be per month, whatever you feel comfortable spending. Would you spend it so that you could get, you know, the Halo Master Chief collection or, you know, you could get certain things with Xbox One Game Pass? I, I just think it maybe changes the landscape, but maybe it also says we're not going to buy this console because we can have Game Pass, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm looking and, you know, you get you can get one free month of Game Pass for a dollar. Right. That's that's always been something that a lot of people have done. I'm sure there are people out there who have seven, eight, nine different accounts that have spent a dollar, <laughs> you know, to to have Game Pass for a month. And I, I think about it and the average retail game is sixty 
maybe even seventy dollars now, right? Right. How are they? How are they going to utilize the subscription-based gaming to create a revenue stream like just retail game? It's it's kind of hard, especially when you have things like your EA games, all of your EA sports games. You know, those right. are those are always sixty dollars, and they did never go down. But I, I don't know. I Game Pass is just so weird for me. It is weird. I, I think we're in a different era than what we grew up in when it comes to video games, because I think that you're looking at a $200 billion market globally. I mean, it's just massive, right? Gaming has just exploded in general. Uh, and, and they recognize that. I think they know that uh, older people, younger people, doesn't matter. Everybody is is playing games. And, and I think that's great, right? Games are for everybody. So how do they make it more accessible for the average consumer. And I think that this is kind of one way I, I, on some level, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because they're not going to be able to get that one big kind of pull, you know, from people spending $500 on a new console. But at the same time, if you hook people in on that game pass over a multi-year kind of scenario and you really have them in the ecosystem, if you will, we've seen this before, uh, you know, people will stay. Um, and especially if it's a good experience, you brought up EA. And I think that's a good point, too, because EA for a long time has had their sort of Game Pass style thing. You know, you can uh, and it's on all platforms, which is kind of crazy. You know, obviously, if you're on PC, it's on Origin. If you're on PlayStation or Xbox, of course, you can have the EA Pass uh, on there as well. And that gives you some of the the newer sports titles as well as some of the old school ones. And yeah, I think it's pretty interesting how this has kind of been moving in this direction for a little while. But Xbox is kind of the first big, you know, console maker to say, yeah, we're going to we're going to do something like this. I mean, PS Now is awesome. I have PS Now. And yes, you can use PS Now on your on your computer. And, you know, that's fine. But this is a again, this is just a different level from Microsoft to say, yeah, this is our strategy. This is what we're doing for next generation. We're just going to have to see if it pays off. But I do want to get into some of the games that are coming out on Xbox. And we did this, of course, for the PlayStation. This list is somewhat long, so bear with us. Right. But there, there are some interesting games I kind of want to point out here uh, as well. So some of these are, are also rumored, I'll, of course. Uh, put an asterisk on those ones. But let's talk about Xbox Series X games that are out or coming out. As Dusk Falls, this is kind of an interactive drama. Looks kind of interesting. Uh, it is obviously not out yet. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is out right now. Atomic Heart, which also seems kind of an interesting game. Avowed, this is the big one for me. This is kind of like a Skyrim-esque sort of RPG that uh, from Obsidian and it's in the same universe as uh, Pillars of Eternity games. So if you're into Obsidian and you're looking to kind of scratch that uh, Elder Scrolls itch, if you will, Avowed might be the game for you. Uh, Battlefield 6, Borderlands 3, which is out now. Uh, let's see, we've got a bunch more here. Bright Memory Infinite uh, from a Chinese studio. Not sure about that one. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That is, of course, out right now. Call of the Sea, kind of a narrative-led mystery. I'm not really sure other than that. Uh, Chivalry 2, Chorus, the Control Ultimate Edition, which is out now. Chris Tales, which we talked about, that's also going to be on the PS5. Okay, Crossfire X. So, I don't know, we <laughs> heard about this last year. Not really kind of sure what's going on, but it's some kind of, uh, you know, FPS game. That's cool. Cyberpunk 2077, of course. It's going to be coming out. Demon Turf, uh, some sort of uh, 3D platforming game. Destiny 2, Dirt 5, Dragon Age 4, Dustborn. 
Dying Light 2, this is a big one we've been talking about. Uh, that is going to be a very big title. Echo Generation. So this was actually the, the first kind of new Xbox Series X game that was shown off in the uh, game showcase that they had a while ago, actually. <laughs> Quite a long, long time ago. Uh, we don't know a whole heck of a lot about it, but it's looking like 2021. So that'll be interesting. Ever Wild. Uh, that's another one that uh, was released. It's actually going to be Rare's kind of first original title in, in a long time. So that'll be kind of interesting. Exomecha Fable, of course, is coming back. Uh, looks to be pretty much a reboot uh, of the original, which is amazing. I love the Fable series. So good. If you've not had a chance to go back and play them, you can buy them on uh, Steam. I think they're, they're pretty cheap. Uh, Far Cry 6. FIFA 21, which of course is out right now. Fortnite, got to have Fortnite on the next gen. <laughs> Can't not have it, right? Uh, Forza Motorsport, of course, those are going to be exclusive to Xbox. Again, another Game Pass title, right? So we're going to see what happens with how they handle some of these big releases of their exclusives. Uh, Gears 5, which of course is out right now. Gotham Knights. Gothic, which is a THQ game. Talked about that last time. Grand Theft Auto 5. My goodness, the game that just will never die. Graven, uh, Halo Infinite, which we talked about, Hitman 3, Hood Outlaws and Legends, Hogwarts Legacy, Immortals Phoenix Rising. And you'll notice I get through this list. Some of these, uh, you know, a lot of these we talked about when it came to the PlayStation 5 as well. So, you know, there's a number of exclusives that are pretty interesting, but uh, nothing that's, at least for me, moving the needle. Okay, just kind of throwing that out there. So Just Dance 2021, yes, who doesn't love to dance? Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, Little Nightmares 2, which people have been waiting on for a long time, Madden 21, Marvel's Avengers, which again kind of shocks me that they're pushing this to next gen uh, when this has been such a problematic release for them. Just in general, their player base has really just been slashed because it seems to not be a great game. Not a game I would purchase either. That's fine. Uh, Metal Hellsinger is coming out. Uh, let's see. We've got NBA 2K21, which of course is out right now. New Genesis Fantasy Star Online 2. So that'll be a free-to-play game. Observer System Redux. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Outriders. Overcooked All You Can Eat. Paradise Lost. Planet Coaster Console Edition. Poker Club. Pragmata. Psychonauts 2. Now, this is going to be the big one. I, I know it sounds silly, but this has been waited for for, oh, my goodness. I don't even know, 10, 15 years at this point. And Jack Black will be in the game. That's going to be hilarious. Honestly, it might be worth it just to have Games Pass if that's on there, because that just sounds like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow Six Quarantine, which, of course, we uh, know... Pretty much nothing about at this point. Rainbow Six Siege, which is out, of course. Uh, Recompile, Resident Evil 8 Village, Ride 4, Riders Republic, Scarlet Nexus, Scorn, which is going to be an Xbox Series X exclusive. And this was a pretty scary trailer. Uh, if you've not had a chance to watch it, take a peek at that. Uh, Second Extinction, Reclaim Earth, Senwa Saga Hell Hellblade 2. So that's going to be a kind of anticipated sequel. Sherlock Holmes, Chapter 1. Stalker 2. Yeah, it's been over a decade since the last Stalker game uh, hit the market. So they're, they're kind of due. State of Decay 3. 
Steel Rising, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Tell Me Why, which is out right now. Temtem, also coming to Xbox and PlayStation 5. Tetris Effect, Connected. The Ascent, The Gunk, Lord of the Rings, Gollum, another big title. The Medium, The Outer Worlds, Peril on Gorgon, Unknown 9, Awakening. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, Warframe, which of course is out right now, Warhammer 40, 40k Dark Tide, Watchdog Legions, which is out right now as well, WRC 9, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is also out right now, Starfield. This is the big one. It's been rumored for a long time, and this is of course Bethesda Games. We were just talking about Bethesda, so are they going to do kind of a timed exclusive with Starfield? When is this game going to come out? We're just not sure. We just have no idea. Elder Scrolls 6, of course, Grand Theft Auto 6, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, potentially on the Xbox. So there's a number of kind of rumored things that could be occurring for this next generation Xbox. But I mean, any games kind of sticking out that you're excited for exclusively on Xbox? I, I mean, for me, Psychonauts 2 is, is pretty interesting. That's kind of sort of about it. I, I don't really not going to play State of Decay. I don't think um, I, I'm just not sure. There's just not a lot that's really kind of grabbing me that says, yes, you need to buy an Xbox for one, two, three games in order. No, I just can't. I just I'm not seeing it. Right. Um, anything jumping out to y'all? To be to be completely honest, uh, nothing really is standing out. I mean, yeah, no, nothing like there's I, I got nothing. I've, I'm not an Xbox fan and I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's I traditionally I have been an Xbox fan for a long time. I mean, I, I had a 360 when they first came out, had the one. I I, I don't know, but I but I've been again, we got a PS4, never had a PS3. We got a PS4 and I love the experience, loved everything about it, loved the exclusives. Um, actually found myself sitting down and playing a single player game, which to me was just shocking. The, the only game really that would, I think, move the needle would be sort of a fable reboot. That, I mean, that that would kind of get me to play. But again, if it's going to be on Game Pass at some point. Why wouldn't you just I, play I, it on PC? There you go. I just it's very hard for me to justify. Uh, and I wonder how many other people are in that same exact boat as us. <clears throat> I, I would suspect a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm in that boat for sure. I don't know. There's something about like the last console game that I played and not even in its in its entirety was Death Stranding. And mm -hmm. I loved it. But there's something about like sitting on the couch and playing a game like I can't really like get into it. That's that's why, like, I don't know. Do people do that normally? Is that how people usually like play games like that? Totally. Because I'd rather yeah. sit in my chair and be on my PC. So as a as somebody who grew up on consoles, I mean, sitting on the couch or sitting in front of the couch in front of your TV and playing your whatever game that you're playing, that's that's like the traditional way of playing. I still know people who who play on Rocket League on their consoles with their feet kicked up on their coffee tables, completely reclined, leaning off to one side. Yeah, maybe it's also because I'm old and my eyes don't work as well. Like, I need to be, like, right <laughs> up on the screen, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's just, like, that's how it is for me. I, I just prefer it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. And if there's really no reason for me to go out and buy a console, like, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. You know, I think I would, I think I would rather have the PlayStation 5. I mean, there's, 
I mean, I can name obviously the Demon Souls, and you know, there's got to be probably some kind of Bloodborne remake at some point or sequel. Who knows? And uh, I mean, there's just so many games that I think of for PlayStation that I think are kind of you know, it's like Nintendo, right? Like, I think a lot of people. And again, this is something that I think I kind of fall into as well, where, you know, you've got to have the the latest Nintendo console because you've got to have all the exclusives that are only going to be on Nintendo. You'll never be able to play them on PC. And we just don't that's you know, it's just it's very difficult to to say, yeah, let's go ahead and buy a console. Like, there's just no reason uh, unless there's really a compelling game to, to put on it that is exclusive and you're only going to find on that specific system and i think those days are somewhat over i mean we've even seen playstation exclusives end up on steam from death stranding to you know uh what was the horizon zero dawn i mean there's there's been a few that have come onto uh, the pc platform and and again it makes sense and i think that we're starting to see this kind of confluence of people who play games on console, play games on PC, and can play with one another cross-console because that's really just kind of standard at this point. There's so many games that are cross-console at this point. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I think if, if there is a game, if you're listening and, and there's a game that you're really excited about for Xbox, let us know, right? Let us know. Hit us up in Discord, discord.trample.gg. And just at Pinch or myself or Triceratops because we're, we're curious. I, I I just again nothing is kind of sticking out to me um, that's exclusive to Xbox that makes me want to buy it. But certainly for PlayStation, uh, there's a couple. So it's interesting. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, if we're gonna, I mean, we'll likely get one at some point, right? I would think probably, <laughs> probably. I think yeah. user interface is the biggest thing for me. Yep. Between the PS. Four and the Xbox One. I like the PS4 much better. Yeah, and that's a valid point, especially when you have a console that ends up mostly doubling as a Netflix machine. You know, yep. that we always joke about. But if it's a good user interface and you can get to your apps quickly and you can watch Twitch and YouTube and consume different kinds of content, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, the UI's got to be on point. That's a really that's a really good point. Yeah, final thought on that for me. Um, we're looking at anywhere between five to seven hundred dollars for these next gen consoles, right? I believe right. the the high end is like seven hundred ish. With that, mm, something like that, yeah. With the high end of of it being there, you could make a pretty decent budget PC. So if you're really looking to get like a high end Xbox, why don't you just build a PC or buy like a pre whatever that will run games, not at the you know, maximum resolution with, you know, your 3080s or whatever. Um, but something that'll actually work as a gaming PC and be able to do other things. Like, I don't know. It just, for me, for me, it doesn't make sense. If you're going to use it as a full entertainment console, like like you guys are talking about, um, using it for Netflix and Twitch and, and gaming and things, and I think it's a smart decision. But at the same time, I just, I don't foresee this generation of gamers that we are. I think that we're all, for the most part, PC Master Race at this point. Yeah. Feels like it. It definitely feels that way. It and definitely feels that way. But maybe because we're kind of in that bubble, right? I don't know. But even even the younger even the younger generations, you know, we're talking we're talking the eighteen to twenty four year old kids. They're all they're all playing primarily PC anyway. Like, yeah, they're kind of hyped for the consoles. But what is it about owning a console? 
that gives you that that dopamine shot like what is it i don't i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure anymore i i think i think the entire landscape of the video game industry has changed and i think it's changed really quickly i would argue in the past maybe four to five years five years at the most maybe even three years it's one of those things that when the xbox one the ps4 first came out we're talking 2012 right this is eight years ago that these consoles have had their shelf life at this point um to me that's just really wild because we used to see new consoles every four years and don't get me wrong they've made incremental updates to their consoles over the years you know but i i don't know who was buying an xbox one and then going out and buying an xbox one s and then a whatever the next one was and that was just the minor upgrades or whatever i, I just don't know who's doing that when again you, you spend a thousand dollars you can build a brilliant pc that's going to run games uh, you know at a pretty high level and i, I just think it's it's we're in a just totally different world than we were uh, certainly in 2012. I mean, I think that it's just completely changed. It's completely changed. I mean, games as a service is now the definitive model, right? Like that is the model that we see so often. It, it used to be kind of the exception. I, I mean, you, you looked at like world of Warcraft, for example, you know, games as a service, right? That's now kind of the, the main draw. And I think when, console makers kind of get into that and when you have folks like google getting involved and trying to make stadia a thing you're going to end up in this kind of arms race to who can get online the fastest and have the best platform for distributing games streaming games online you know i think again microsoft has a compelling case because they have azure and they have a lot of back end that they can kind of lean on when it comes to you know the game pass and how that works but yeah. Final thoughts. I, I, I think uh, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what other exclusives are announced really for both consoles, I think, and then see kind of what the supply looks like as we head into the holiday season, because I think there's going to be, unfortunately, a lot of disappointed folks out there that can't get their hands on these new consoles before the new year. All right, moving on. just want to talk about of an interesting story here call of duty black ops cold war is apparently already full of cheaters this is from games radar uh <laughs> the anti-cheat uh, anti-cheat police department on twitter had this tweet this was actually uh just a, a couple days ago they said there are already multiple cold war cheats in fact kids are now normalizing cheats on tiktok it's pretty weird, and it's not a future I want to live in. Pretty sad. At Activision needs to start having an intrusive anti-cheat to start combating these cheaters. And we saw this with Warzone. We saw this with Modern Warfare. They just have a real problem with cheaters in Call of Duty, especially on PC. It's just kind of out of control. Uh, it, it, it kind of harkens back to something that, for me, was kind of a big deal when it came out, which was Valorant's anti-cheat. And just that that has a kind of kernel-level access to your computer, which is obviously very intrusive, but it's sort of the, the price you p pay to play. It's fascinating to me that Activision, Blizzard, uh, just can't really quite seem to figure this out after 
now two releases. And is this kind of the future of what we're going to see from now on? But are they actually going to change? I mean, any thoughts on this? I, I've realized there's a lot of cheating in a lot of games. I was actually just reading a post earlier on the Valorant subreddit. They, there was someone talking about how in their game, this jet was just going off like multiple aces, like back to back. Like if not, they were 4Ks pre-firing the entire time. Um, you know, just very, very obvious cheating, right? And they they reported both the opposing team and the team that this person was on. And within a couple of rounds, the game ended because cheating was detected. So it works. But at the same time, I hear there's a lot of cheating in Apex. There's some pros that I watch on Twitch who have fully switched to Valorant. And they just, they don't like playing Apex anymore because there's so many cheaters. It's it's just stressful, you know? So yeah. I think it's a huge problem. And any way they can combat it is is the way to go. And, I, and I'm by no means saying that Valorant has a perfect anti-cheat system. Obviously, we I don't know if I've ever actually seen anybody cheat in-game. There have definitely been a couple sort of sus things I've seen uh, over the course of us playing. But Yeah, I think it's more smurfing in Valorant mm-hmm. that, that yeah. feels like cheating, but it's not just because it's someone who happens to actually be a lot better than what you're used to playing against. Well, and this is another issue that's very divisive in the Call of Duty community, which is skill-based matchmaking. And and we're used to skill-based matchmaking with most of the games that we play. Uh, and Call of Duty just does not have that. Um, again, has been super divisive. Are they going to introduce skill-based matchmaking in Cold War? They said they weren't. Doesn't look like they will. The community has obviously been very much against it. I think a lot of times people just want to get in there and pub stomp and uh, just kind of creates a really sort of bad environment for new players playing the game. I don't know. Again, not a game that I'm going to be investing a lot of time in. I don't think if at all, but you know, would it help if there was skill based matchmaking for new people? Yeah, I would argue probably so that you don't get stomped immediately as soon as you you know start playing in the multiplayer like that's just crazy but uh again we'll we'll just have to we'll keep an eye on the call of duty community maybe we'll have somebody uh, from the team come on and talk about call of duty because we have a number of us have have bought it um and have played it and have enjoyed it so far uh some have bought it and played it and not enjoyed it so we'll get some more feedback from folks who are playing the multiplayer because it's you know it's been out for a week and a half or something like that so we'll get some opinions pretty soon on that uh, Pinch, take us home. You've got a great story for us. Uh, yeah, so there was a YouTube channel that started a year ago called Eunice Annis um, by Markiplier and Crank Gameplays, uh, two really, really, really big YouTubers. If you guys don't know who they are, go check them out. They're awesome. Um, but they started this this uh, YouTube channel where basically they did a social media, social experiment. I love psychology. I love social experiments. Um, I love messing with my friends with social experiments. So sorry, guys. I know you guys have probably caught me at least once or twice. Um, but uh, basically what they did was they were they uploaded a, one new video every single day for a year. And at the end of the year, they deleted the channel and they scrubbed the entire inter- internet of any of their any of their videos or content and have been trying to clean 
clean up anything that was related to Eunice Annis. Um, and it was, it's really cool. It's like a really, it was a really good idea. I think what they were trying to do was they were trying to kind of bring it, bring back, um, grassroots, uh, content creation, you know, people who, who are out there grinding every day, who are creating, um, content on all sorts of platforms. Obviously you guys know that when you stream and you get those really good clips, you got to make a clip montage, right? So we... <laughs> you put the clip montage up on on youtube and on facebook and you try to drive more people to your live streams or to your to your uh communities and whatnot but these two guys they they didn't they just made the video posted it and moved on i mean they did they did crazy things like uh they built an escape room one day like one day they built a whole escape room uh they did they did a a really weird one that i saw uh that was actually mentioned in an article that i read was they drank each other's filtered pee one day oh, and that was their yeah. that was their that was their daily content um <laughs> but the but the uh the channel ended with them both being live sitting in the same room you know in suits i think markiplier was wearing white and uh Crank Gameplays was wearing wearing a black suit, kind of kind of their their whole um, branding. They went live on their YouTube channel. Uh, they for the for the entirety of its existence, they had four and a half million subscribers, and there was one and a half million people watching as they played a clip reel in the back with a with a clock counting down behind them and shut down the channel completely deleted the channel while there were people who were watching it live and immediately started taking down everything that was uh related i think it's kind of a cool idea and they did a really great job creating their a bigger name for themselves i mean obviously they're already big big but it, it was kind of cool it was kind of cool to see that kind of collab with uh with youtubers that's interesting yeah. Yeah, I was I uh, there have been other channels in the past that have said they would do something like this and of course didn't and we we've just not seen the actual dedication and running this as a social experiment it's just brilliant uh, I think both these guys are awesome creators on their own coming together to sort of tag team a channel and just do it for a year and call it quits that's it I mean it it's it's kind of like art to me, right? Like you, you make it, you destroy it and that's it. You move on with life, right? It was a thing you did. And uh, I think these guys just sort of embodied that. And it kind of pushes the limit on, you know, what do we consider art? What do we, you know, is this, I think this is totally art, you know, it's, it's just fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Um, I mean, I, you're you're right. It it is very much like art. It it it's kind of reminiscent of a digital version of uh, Banksy's Girl with Balloon, you right. know, um, which is still one of my favorite my favorite art trolls of all time. <laughs> so good. Uh, so and if good. if you don't know what what it was, basically Banksy uh, Banksy is a very famous street artist. He he had a uh, an original original uh banksy painting that he had uh go to auction and once the moment that it was sold the frame was actually a 
custom frame that shredded the entire or a half of the uh the the picture so once it was sold it was immediately destroyed and everybody was in shock because you know all these snooty art people were like oh it's a banksy and what happened it got destroyed (laughs) the video is super funny go watch go watch it on youtube no you're right bitch that that is a hilarious video and uh just the shock in that room and and i think it's you know something that you apply that kind of concept of sort of social experiment to a platform like youtube and you get a a response like this it's it's pretty cool it's awesome all right wrapping up we've got to finish with our favorite segment what we're listening to what we're watching and what we are playing (laughs) it's been a lot of stuff coming out this week so there's a lot to talk about but what i've been listening to certainly that new two chains album uh or i guess songs off the album i don't know i don't think there's a full album quite yet but new two chains go listen to it it's awesome uh the long-awaited full-length collaboration from Lil uzi vert and future pluto x baby pluto uh it's pretty pretty good it's kind of exactly what you would expect uh from Lil Uzi Vert and, and Future sort of linking up for a full release. This has been kind of anticipated for a long time, and it's finally out. And then on the metal front of things, I've been listening to new Chelsea Grin. So, Pinch, what are you listening to right now? I do love me some Chelsea Grin. Sorry. No. <laughs> you said it, and my, I immediately started smiling. Um, so good. I actually have been listening to the playlist that uh, the Dudas Monk posted in Discord earlier this week, or last week, I believe. Don't. Um, discord.triple.gg <laughs> yes so if you haven't if you haven't um joined our discord definitely do that we have a bunch of different channels one of it one of which is a channel that we dedicate to sharing our playlists um the dudas monk made one called boys screaming into microphones and it has thing it has bands like census fail Seosin, silverstein armor for sleep and they're just it's it's so reminiscent of uh 2000 to 2004 you know like i i listen to these i listen to these songs and i smell my my fraternity my fraternity house's basement like all the stale (laughs) beer and it's just it's a lot of fun and they're they're really great um so that's kind of really what i've been listening to for the most part and lo-fi because i'm an old man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sarah what are you listening to oh you know the same emo songs i've been listening to for the last like 20 years of my life perfect yeah i yeah i have like the same playlist like i just play it every time i work out and uh i don't know it keeps me going i like it brings back memories makes me think i'm in like a hot topic or something it's fun (laughs) brilliant sidebar bishop i know you and i were also listening to brian mcknight so i'm gonna put that out there (laughs) yes we were (laughs) yes we were listening to brian mcknight um classic long story but yeah oh (laughs) so good so good good. i I, i'm shocked at how many young people had never been introduced to brian mcknight before the the memes about the election and nevada counting uh, came out i just that makes me want to cry i know one of the best r&b singers of all time come on yeah truly like forget r kelly he's trash (laughs) (laughs) 
for obvious reasons, but yeah, Brian McKnight is where it's at. Yes. Go get your R&B fix this week. It's All like right. it's like uh, it's like Backstreet Boys versus like O Town. It's like, <laughs> like the Walmart version of Backstreet Boys, you know. <laughs> Brian McKnight is obviously superior. It's true. It's true. God, just his voice so good. Um, all right. Anyways, move it on. You don't um, have to include that. No, please do. Oh, it's in. Please do. That is in there. Absolutely. Um, so. All right, so what have we been watching? Well, I've been watching, along with Sarah, and I'll let her talk about it, too. The Mandalorian. Yes. My God, so good. Pinch, what are you watching? Uh, so I started watching and completely finished The Queen's Gambit Ooh, on Netflix. Good. It is phenomenal. I highly recommend I highly recommend watching it twice. It actually made me want to play chess again. Um, so Melkor and I have been playing chess. I've actually, full disclosure, have been playing chess with Melkor while we're while we're recording tonight and he is kicking my ass so thanks melkor uh, for this ass kicking again um nice but yeah it was a it was a great show definitely recommend netflix queen's gambit Sarah, what are you watching nice um i am watching my favorite guilty pleasure which is the great british baking show I love me some Paul Hollywood. Oh my god. Um let's see what's been the best week so far. Uh I think uh so I'm on like I think it's like season 8. Um Cake Week was pretty interesting. Um Yeah, I love it because I I man, I like grew up watching like Britcoms and stuff. So this is like I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Not to mention, um, Noel Fielding and Matt Lucas are the current, uh, I guess you would call them the hosts. Like, there's the judges, there's the hosts, and the contestants, obviously. But um, they're just so funny. Like, they just crack me up. Um, Matt Lucas, I, you know, I used to watch him on Little Britain, which is a great little, like, skit show uh, back in the day. And then Noel Fielding, of course. AKA old Greg. Just absolutely great. Um, Everybody knows old Greg. Yeah. You ever drink Bailey's out of a shoe? Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good. Shit. It's really good. Shit. Quack. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm obsessed with that. I've seen every season and it's just, it's absolutely great. So it, it is good show. Admittedly, it is, it is fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what have we been playing? Well, I'm going to talk about a game I'm going to be playing because I really haven't played much of anything other than my normal rotation uh, is Final Fantasy 15 on Steam. I have downloaded it kind of waiting to, you know, install and play it. I really want to put my 2080 Ti through the paces, and this is kind of the perfect game to do so. Uh, so, yeah, really, because I don't play games that are really kind of graphically intensive you know i mean if you watch my streams i play games that are very easy to stream for the most part overwatch valorant at this point so uh, i just i feel like i gotta have a game that can actually like really kind of challenge not challenge but just look gorgeous on this pc so yeah final fantasy 15 i'm looking forward to playing that this week pinch what are you playing Tarkov. <laughs> and apex yeah so i actually did hop back into apex with the boys um we played 
we played on the new map. It's actually been a lot of fun. Um, kind of, kind of reminds me of why I played the game. Uh, super fast pace. It feels faster than it used to be, to be honest. Um, and then of course we've been playing. We've been playing Valorant, Hades. I started a Hollow Knight run because I saw uh, our good friend Retro Raven, or I guess now he's rebranding to uh, Dynamic Raven. Start a Hollow Knight run, and he looked like he was having a lot of fun. And then I rem remembered I'm really bad at Metrovania games, so <laughs> stopped playing that. But yeah, that's kind of really what I've been playing. What about you, Sarah? Oh, Valorant. You know, the same. Just getting tilted as always. Uh, no, we actually had a really good game tonight, though. Like, one, Monday night, night of recording. Pretty good game. A couple bad ones, but, you know, like, when you play Unrated, like, that's the thing. I've been playing, well, we've been playing a lot of Unrated lately, and um, it's, like, way less stress, you know? If you're down 10 to 1, it's, like, whatever. It doesn't totally. matter, you know? It was, it was really fun. I played one with Gabby and Brittany, and uh, Pinch, you were listening in on that one. It was it was funny, you know? I, I had a clutch round, and that was pretty much it. Um, you know, we were just getting stomped because their entire team had flashes. It was hysterical. Like, I don't, I don't know if there was more than, like, a whole minute in that game that I wasn't flashed. Um, but, you know, it just keeps getting better. I hate Icebox uh, still. Um, <laughs> let's see what else. Um, I, I spend my Wednesday nights usually because Alex is playing Overwatch. Um, I spend my Wednesday nights typically uh, playing Rocket League with Beefy and Winter, which is fun. And then uh, actually last week, I watched them play RuneScape. <laughs> On purpose? I have never... Yeah! <laughs> yes, on purpose. I've never seen it before. Like, I've heard of it, but I've, I've never watched, like, any gameplay or anything. So, they were running, like, levels or something like that. I don't know what, like, the technical term is, but they were, like, a bunch of rooms, and they had to, like, unlock all the all the rooms on the level and beat the boss, and it was... Like a dungeon. Pretty interesting. Yeah! Exactly. Maybe that's dungeon runs. Maybe that's what it was. But it was interesting. Yeah. Good old RuneScape. Yeah, I, I don't think I would play it myself, but it was it was interesting <laughs> to watch for sure. Well, that's gonna wrap us up. Episode seven, right? Seven. Good gravy, man! I can't believe we've been doing these for seven weeks. But uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll have Bravo on for a little bit. If you don't know, Bravo will be up uh, in our neck of the woods in the MDVA, PA, WV, all of those acronyms um, <laughs> in this region. So we're excited to host Bravo up here. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll try to get him to speak on a couple things for the podcast, maybe. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Of course, join us on Discord, discord.trample.gg if you want to add anything to the show. Uh, ask any questions of us or want us to cover any topics and we will catch you guys next week thanks for listening bye 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 one last thing before we go bishop did make the intro and outro to this oh enjoy it bye guys <laughs>